Welcome to Food Stories. I'm Barb Sheldon and today on the podcast at my kitchen table, I am so excited to have my dear friend, my sister from another mister, chef, nutritionist and author of the amazing cookbook, Two Little F Words, Christina Acevedo. Hello, my dear. Hello. Thank you. Can I just start off by telling you that you've got the perfect um, podcast voice? (laughs) (laughs) Why, thank you. It's it's all the talking I've done over the last whatever years. (laughs) Thanks. Right. Um, I'm so excited to have you here because I think the world needs to know um, about how special you are to me and um, and our our longstanding relationship. And if you like, I would like to just tell everybody a little bit about you from my point of view before we get into your food story. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2008, I think, uh, this person just walked into my clinic in my teaching kitchen and said, hi, uh, I do the same thing as you and I think we should work together. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) rad. And we did. And we worked together teaching whole foods-based cooking classes uh, from 2008 until you moved away, really. In mm-hmm. when was that? 2016. And even then, we we did some after that. Yep. And over the years, we together have um, had this great relationship where we have. Um, you, Christina is one of the best recipe developers I've ever met. Uh, which is why you, you must pick up her cookbook, Two Little F Words, because everything in it and every recipe you've ever created is uh, immediately becomes one of my favorite recipes, tried and true, to the point where the um, your leek and chickpea soup is my daughter Sydney's <laughs> most favorite comfort food of all time if she's feeling sad or sick, because she's grown up around you and, and having that having that recipe available. And all of the food is so healing and wonderful. And so you brought that to our relationship and taught me so much about food from that angle. And I've always appreciated that. And then we went off on all sorts of adventures and we've taught uh, nutrition students and the general public the power of food. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that that um, that's something that you've always held true to is your belief in the power of food to, well, to, to, to heal, to hurt, to, to do all kinds of things, but mostly to heal. Um, yeah, so I, I just thought, well, you got to be on the show because it's important for, for people to know about you and the amazing that you, the amazing work that you're doing now as well, um, uh, to support your mom who had early onset Alzheimer's has early on, mm-hmm. onset Alzheimer's and the amount of heavy research and development that you've done to help un- understand that disease better and what you can do to help other people stay healthy and strong. So having said all that, uh, I hope you have something cozy to sip on. And um, I want to ask you about your food story. Tell me your food story. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Your kind words. I feel the exact same way about you. We were just like a force to be reckoned with. When we met, it was, um, yeah, it was just immediately, okay, when do you want to do this? Okay, when do you want to do that? When do you want to do this? And like, we were just, we obviously, the universe put us together and and we did so much good work together. So thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, you know, I have many food stories, but just kind of what you said about me um, believing in the power of whole food and how it can heal and, 
nourish and nurture people on a level that um, I never really realized until the first time I realized how powerful Whole Foods was, was after nutrition school, I got an opportunity to cook for Jenny McCarthy and her son, Evan, and they came to do a movie in Calgary. And I was like fresh out of school. I was working as a cheesemonger um, at a cheese shop, which was an amazing job. And I just chose to take on this opportunity of cooking for someone with autism um, for about a month or two while she was there doing a movie. And I, you know, everything I learned in nutrition school, nothing was really practical at that time. This is why you and I kind of came together to teach nutrition uh, students the power of whole foods and actually do the practical cooking and show them how to deal and, you know, break down these whole foods and turn them into nourishing products. I didn't, I didn't really apply that until I started cooking for Evan and seeing the difference in him with the food that I was nourishing him with. It made me realize, Oh my God, like this is legit. Like everything I learned in theory at school, I'm now applying. And I see that, you know, Evan is actually looking at me in the eyes more often. He is much more aware. He's going to the bathroom more often. Like it just gives me chills thinking about that opportunity. I was so young then I, the opportunity I had, and it was the universe telling me like, you need to understand the power that you have. Mm -hmm. And it, it just led into, well, kind of what I do now. But the second opportunity for me to, you know, um, see the power of Whole Foods is when my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's about nine years ago. And um, I just dove really deep into functional medicine. I went to as many conferences in the States as possible on brain health and um, mold toxicity and heavy metal toxicity and detoxification, anything that I could find on how to reverse Alzheimer's or prevent Alzheimer's. And um, I, I, through all of the research, um, I found out that putting someone into a ketogenic state could be very beneficial for that person. So, and I had no idea how to cook ketogenic. I had no idea what ketosis meant. I didn't know any of that. So I had to kind of relearn um, a new way to nourish someone. And that person was like mm, the most meaningful person that I have in my life, you know, besides my dad mm -hmm. and my husband, of course, but you know, your mom's your mom. And so I went on this journey of trying to create foods that had a ketogenic, um, you know, jewel to them, um, but also have them taste good where my mom would want to change her lifestyle and change her diet. So it was really hard to get her to go off of bread and me make a ketogenic style versus um, a form of bread and have her like it. So it was just this journey of um, recreating and testing out um, new forms of old school recipes that I was brought up on because there was no way I was going to change my mom's, you know, um, way of thinking of no chicken pot pie. Like I'm going to have the, 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 
the crust on the chicken pot pie. And I had to make that ketogenic version. Um, long story short, you know, we only put her into keto, uh, tried to put her into ketosis for six months, about six months. And it didn't um, do what we were hoping. But mm-hmm. with that said, it really changed my way of thinking um, for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in my early 40s. No, gosh, I was in my late 30s when my mom was diagnosed. And it put a light bulb on in my head and made me realize that I needed to upgrade my the way I nourish and nurture myself. And so I went deep into a ketogenic lifestyle for about six months. Um, and I felt freaking great, but I lost, um, quite a bit of weight. And, um, after about six months, it just wasn't serving me. And I realized that, Oh, um, you know, health isn't linear and my diet isn't linear. Life is not linear and Mm -hmm. okay. It's time to start adding, you know, good carbohydrates back in, and but still, you know, eliminate the refined sugar, um, eliminate the refined carbohydrates as much as I can, um, and live a more, I don't even, you know, want to call it a paleo lifestyle, but definitely, you know, veggies, fat and protein, mm-hmm. instead of going completely ketogenic. And, and I found that balance. And it took many recipes and um, quite a bit of money to fail at many recipes that tasted terrible and the texture was not good. And But I really wanted to continue this lifestyle of being able to be in ketosis or being able to be in a glucose state. And I found that one through reducing, obviously, or eliminating completely refined carbohydrates, but also fasting. And when I say fasting, I talk more about, I'm, I'm speaking more about time-restricted eating. Um, yes, I did do a three-day fast. Yes, I would fast 24 hours every week um, at the beginning to really get myself into what we call metabolic flexibility. And just, you know, my mom's disease com- gave me the opportunity to completely change the way I see my health and my lifestyle and not just what I eat, but what I think and who I surround myself with and what my, the programs were growing up and do they serve me? Do I want to think like that anymore? And sometimes yes, sometimes no, I have to start changing the way I think it, it, actually made me become more sovereign as a person. And I've become really passionate about that and trying to um, share that with other people. And so, you know, um, I, so, so with that said, I created and, and start accumulate, started accumulating all of these recipes that were gluten-free and side note, gluten-free, I've got stage four endometriosis. So it was really important for me to um, go gluten-free and unfortunately dairy-free. This is not something I want to do. Barb, I remember you and I were like (laughs) the trendy gluten-free people, so can't stand them, so over it. And then years and years later, I'm gluten-free and (laughs) dairy-free. We were going to make, remember we were going to make t-shirts that said, I love butter? Yes. Yes, I do. And yeah, so and I. I we were we were just so annoyed by this gluten-free trend and you know 
now years later, I, I only do gluten-free and I only, well, yeah, I only do dairy-free for myself, but, um, no problem other people eating, you know, good raw dairy, no problem. But yeah, six years ago I had my third surgery for endometriosis and that changed everything for me as well. So, well, and, and, and I think if anything, the one thread that runs through what you and I do is neither of us have ever liked trends in general. No. And, but to use food in ways that serve people when it serves them, which is exactly what you just said. Exactly. You know, and so being celiac myself, um, I've been gluten-free for, for, for years and it serves me. Yes. Uh, It's not a trend. You doing, um, being in ketosis served you for a while, but not forever. There are ways to use food that are not trendy, but it's like, we've always said to our students, it's about doing the research. And then I love your word <laughs> that you understand your being sovereign to yourself and knowing what mm-hmm. works for you and um, not being so stoic in belief systems that we are doing something that actually is hurting our body after a while Absolutely. because it's a trend, right? So sorry, pause. And, but, and that's no, yeah. it's, it's, that's exactly it. And that's where the 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 sovereignty the power the empowerment comes in like you know um i can go on a couple of months of unfortunately eating a little bit more refined grains than i like to do and then all of a sudden my body will be like yo like you're mm-hmm. eating way too much of your homemade gluten-free sourdough bread you got to <laughs> chill because it's not serving us anymore that's right and so that's that sovereignty. That's that empowerment where I am able to tune into my body and say, and listen to it and say, okay, I need to like, I need to cut this out. Or sometimes my body will say like, you can fast longer, go for it throughout the day. And then sometimes I'll wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and I am hungry and I am going to eat. And the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons I have learned through this journey of self-empowerment and sovereignty is that don't put any like rule like yes okay I'm never going to eat gluten that's just not going to happen um but the you know sometimes I will um go more ketogenic for a couple of months if that's what my body is telling me sometimes I will eat more good carbohydrates if that's what my body is telling me and like we are not taught that we are cyclic beings. And um, that was, that's one of the things I wrote in the book, you know, like start off fasting, um, time-restricted eating 12, 12 even, and -hmm. then go to 10, 14 and see how you feel. And then maybe the next week you can go longer. And then a couple of months down the road, if you're under a lot of stress and you're not feeling very good, maybe you want to like cut back on that. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, in the health world right now, it's like, you have to be this or you're that, or you have to be this, or you have to be that. And I just don't subscribe to that. I, it's not how we work. It's, it's just simply not. And it, and, and to your point, healing is not linear. And do you remember, I think it was in one of our classes one time, we had a student say, how do I know when I'm healed? Mm. <laughs> and we ended up having a discussion about that. That isn't how that isn't how it works. It isn't mm. a journey from one point to another. You, you don't just suddenly start with poor health and then you get good health and that's just it. That's right. right. And that cyclical, cyclical, those rhythms, the infradian rhythm, the circadian rhythm, we have to pay attention to those 
all the time. And really, and because we're also numb about our bodies. Yes, we don't. don't. We just do what Instagram says or whatever, right? Influencers, you know, saying, well, you just got to do it this way, because this is the way and you bought the program and whatever. I, I wish people could just get away from that and really just listen. Yeah, because the 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 true, like the true power comes from listening within and and then choosing what is right for you that day. Even you know, even when we when we used to teach um, students how to prep for the week, right? How to prep whole foods for the week. The the questionnaire before you even write a menu is how are you feeling? How yes. is your week going to be? What is the season that you're in? What is the weather going to be like? Like yeah. we 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 are so out of tune with nature and ourselves that I feel like this is why so many people don't um imp- like they don't take what they have learned and made it a lifestyle. It's still a diet. It's still a, for a certain amount of time. And I know for me in my book, two little F words, it's about lifestyle. It's not about diet. It's not about, you know, go on this and do this for this amount of time and then do that. Like it's, it's just, it's part of your lifestyle. And the key is listening to what your body is telling you. You need more sleep go sleep for longer. You know, you need to work out more. Um, you're feeling it that day, go do it. Or you're not feeling it. Don't do something lighter. Um, a funny side note with my book, two little F words, when I, um, put it on Amazon, I wanted to, um, I wanted to advertise it and Amazon denied me because the, because the title was profanity to them. and that just goes to like okay two little left words if they understood that it meant feasting and fasting your way to optimal health that is just obviously that there's no human behind the email that they sent me and told me that it was profanity yeah Um, and then it's okay to have a bit of humor like the fact that you oh my god I'm sorry about that (laughs) I mean I don't even I don't even care you know I did not write the book to get rich. I no. literally, because that's not going to happen. No. But I, I, I wrote the. I never thought I would write a book, and this is just another gift that I got from ugh, my mom's, mm-hmm. my mom's illness. Like this, this whole journey, and it's still torturous enlightenment for me. It is so difficult, Tor- but torturous if I, enlightenment. Sorry, yeah. Again, torturous enlightenment. What do you mean by that? Day to day, knowing that my mom has Alzheimer's and how it impacts everybody um, that I love, it's so torturous. Mm-hmm. Life can be very torturous when someone has Alzheimer's, and I'm sure with any other chronic illness. But within that darkness, within that torture, there are a lot of gifts you can be enlightened you can learn from you can you can change things within yourself in order to hopefully prevent that from happening to yourself and I have learned so many things and so that's why I say it's like it's torturous but it's also enlightening if I choose to see the light from that darkness because I I am who I am now I have learned so much in the last nine or 10 years from my mom's illness 
Like I, I wouldn't be this person that has learned, you know, about the suprachiasmatic nucleus inside our brain that mm-hmm. controls our circadian rhythm. I would not have learned about time restricted eating and how important it is for you know, optimal health. I wouldn't have a sauna every day. I wouldn't be going to the gym. I wouldn't be surrounding myself that with people that uplift me instead of pull me down and that are in a negative state. I wouldn't, there's so much, there's so much. So yeah, torturous enlightenment was, um, funny enough, it was a big part of the book and what, what pushed me towards writing it because I never thought I would write a book. I never thought that that would be something in, Mm -hmm. uh, this life that I would do. And it just, it just happened. And the recipes from that were created again, from torturous enlightenment, from (laughs) me needing to find good, delicious recipes that my mom would eat and that would hopefully help heal her brain and her body. Mm -hmm. It's uh, obviously at this point, I will pause to say if you are concerned about any of these things to check with your medical doctor. Absolutely. Um, But but it is, and I know you agree with me on that, but I I, I think the point of all of this is um, you spending the last nine years diving deep and investigating this has, has, first of all, you don't know, it absolutely may have slowed your mom's yeah, uh, I know. Progression. Too. Like there's 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 really no way for you to know that. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to think that at the end of the day, you feel like you've done everything that you can for her, for yourself, but also you're helping other people with this information, you know. So absolutely um, cheers on you through your mm, thank you your torture because the enlightenment and you know the help is out there for people and there are wonderful resources too. Um, do you have any other Alzheimer's resources that you would like us to link in the show notes for people? Oh, good. Well, I mean, um, start following Dale Bredesen, um, you know, get his book. If you, the other thing too, you know, I've got quite a few articles on my website, honeyandvanilla.com that you can go to and learn about, you know, um, APOE4. That's like the big Alzheimer's gene that everyone um, for the longest time says that if you have it, you have an increased risk of getting Alzheimer's, Hmm. which is possibly true but what they don't talk about is like the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton where um epigenetics is actually way way more important than focusing on this specific gene the ApoE4 gene um Dr. Bruce Lipton um like was the founder of epigenetics and he actually when once I found his work he gave me hope knowing that, okay, I don't have to surrender to this. Um, Being told, you know, that I remember being told that my mom has Alzheimer's and to get everything set in place and there's nothing that we can do. And I, ever since I was a very tiny human, I don't do well with people telling me there's nothing you can do. And I I endorse that (laughs) comment because I know you. (laughs) Yes, it just doesn't, it does not resonate. And it does not, it's just simply not true. And so a big part of my work is sharing that information with people and having them realize that lifestyle is 80% of um, your outcome. So that's why sleep is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And so once I found that out and that just really empowered me and I just, again, my healing journey is going to be forever. I don't like, I'm not like, okay, I've done this much. I'm healed now. It just doesn't work like that. It's not linear. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, Dr. Dale Bredesen is probably the best, um, person to read up on, you know, the newest, um, medicine on, on Alzheimer's. And, you know, I do a lot of personal one-on-one client work with people that are wanting to prevent Alzheimer's. And, and I just share everything that I've done for myself in the last nine years. And, and I know I'm doing good for myself. Yeah. I mean, you don't know that there's a guarantee, but you're doing no. good for yourself. That's, yes. that's what matters. Um, and so on that topic, then our next question that we always ask our guests is what food brings you the most joy? And in your case, why? Yeah. And that's, um, that's an interesting question. So when I was a kid, well, teenager, um, and I could use the telephone to call my mom at school and ask her what we were having for dinner because I was always so excited. She was (laughs) such a good cook. Yeah. Um, and it was going to be a really, um, probably not what a nutritionist would say, but I love burgers I love burgers and it's, you know, this isn't something that my mom always cooked and I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing. Really roasts on Sundays were the best thing that my mom would cook. Um, but there, I love um, grass fed, grass finished beef and knowing that I'm making a burger that's actually good for me. I will make my own, you know, sourdough gluten-free bun and the grass fed beef that I get locally here. Um, I love burgers. I, I, you know, I could, I love avocados. I love broccoli and all of that kind of stuff, but I love burgers and I love that I can make it healthy and, and, um, yeah, there's nothing better than a really good burger. (laughs) And I would venture to add, if you don't mind, you also love French fries as much as I I love (laughs) French fries. And mind you, I definitely limit that because I know how, you know, (laughs) oxidative they are to my body. But yeah, I'm from, I'm from Quebec. Um, It's in my blood. I love French fries. But nowadays, when I have my homemade burger, it's like homemade sweet potato fries. And they're just as good. And I I love that. Wonderful. (laughs) Delicious. Yes. (laughs) Um, You talked a bit about your mom cooking when you were young. And um, we often ask our guests, what are some songs that you would pair with food memories? But you said when we talked before the interview, that actually it isn't music so much as it's like talking like TV, because that's what you remember from from your childhood. So what do you listen to or watch or when you're in that Zen cooking mode, and you're prepping food for your clients? What, what are you doing? Is it quiet? Or do you have something going on? Yeah, it's not usually quiet. But it's definitely not usually music. It's nostalgic for me to just have, I mean, this is funny. It just came back to my mom. My mom would watch soap operas like days of our lives or whatever. I don't watch those, but <laughs> it, it, she would be cooking and, and have that on the television. So it's just very nostalgic for me to come into the kitchen. It is like my temple. I come into the kitchen. I open my laptop. And I will just put any show on, a random show. It doesn't have to be anything specific or movie. 
Mm-hmm. Or a lot of the times I'll put a podcast on. I love learning. I love nerding out. I love knowing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I really, uh, one of the podcasts that I like a lot is Tom Billier, um, Impact Theory. I learned so much from him um, in, and he's got topics, you know, it can be on health, it can be on the economy, it can be on money, it can be on sovereignty. Um I really like his work and they're long podcasts. They're kind of like um, Huberman, but maybe not as long as Huberman. Nothing um, as long as Huberman. I know. Right. Yeah. That's worth uh, everything. Totally. And I really like Nicole Jardim, um, the period mm-hmm. podcast. She She's is wonderful. brilliant. She has so much good information about, you know, women's health and just empowerment and all of the things that, you know, um, we don't want to talk about um, when it comes to women and women's issues, she does. And it's just like, yeah, I like to listen to that kind of stuff when when I'm cooking. It's very rare that it's quiet in my kitchen. Yeah, very rare. Do you ever listen to Dr. Rupi uh, Alja? A-U- no. A-U-J-L-A. That's Doctor's Kitchen. So he's a chef and a medical doctor. Mm. Um, yeah he's he's really fantastic because he talks he mostly just talks about what we do which is the power of food to heal the body and he's he's even got an app doctor's kitchen where you can um do your food prep for the week based on inflammation or whatever your your you know your health goals are that kind of Mm. thing and the recipes are there and he makes it very easy for people to cook in the kitchen and to cook whole foods for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's so many podcasts. We will put together a little podcast playlist of maybe a couple that we like here at Food Stories and then the ones that you've just mentioned as well, because like you you have always said, your big expression has always been knowledge is power. Absolutely. Yeah. And and why not take that time to learn? You know, some people are not into podcasts. They're obviously not listening to this. But um, <laughs> but once you get on the podcast train, it's like kind of hard to stop because there is so much to know, you know. Totally. You know what I'm not into is the um, the audiobooks. I can't do oh, that. Oh, yeah. My daughter work. loves My brain some, Yeah, some people work. love. Oh, and I should mention, of course, my, you know, cooking uh idol uh chef jose andres has longer tables and to me that's that's heaven listening to longer tables on a sunday afternoon after you've listened to food stories is uh, <laughs> is so wonderful because um you know he's me but times like a million and he has like martha stewart was just on his podcast you know what i mean but it's all yes. about connecting people back to each other at the dinner table so obviously mm. that resonates with me but um uh, I love his work. Um, okay, next question um, is about a recipe. Now, asking normal people to share a recipe that's important to them is easy, but it might be harder for you. <laughs> it is really hard. There's yeah. way too many. Yeah. There's way too many. Um, yeah. Well, you're sharing on our social media feed, you're sharing your, because it's the holiday season, your cranberry orange uh, so cake, good. right? So yes. good. Yeah. I, and- I, the, and and one of the reasons why I I chose that one um, is just because I always I love um, giving people my food, especially like in the dessert realm where mm-hmm. it's gluten free um, and no refined sugar. And honestly, most of my recipes have less than three tablespoons of either maple syrup or honey. And giving it to people, not telling them, you know, that it's 
you know, relatively good for them. And they try and they're like, oh my God, this is so good. And then I like smack it down and I'm like, yeah, and that's gluten-free and there's only three tablespoons of whatever maple syrup or sugar. And I just love, I love being surprised that something I have eaten from somebody else that it's gluten-free and that there's no refined sugar. And it's not like there's, you know, a cup of maple syrup in it. I just, I love trying something and being like, Oh my God, this is actually really good. So I don't need all that extra sugar. I don't need that gluten. I don't need all of that. So that's my favorite way to like any recipe where I can like, you know, people just have the jaw drop and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe that's gluten-free. That's where I'm like, yep. Done my job. Amazing. I love it when people use the word actually, like I'll put down something beautiful (laughs) in front of them. (laughs) That happens a lot with the massaged kale salad. Mm, Against kale and then you put it down and they go, actually, this is pretty good. I'm like, oh, is it? I'm so glad you think so. Yes. It it just shows that people are really, you know, in their paradigm of what they think tastes delicious. And sugar sugar is a big component of that, you know. And um, it does take a while sometimes for the palate to adjust. But the wonderful thing about your recipes is I've never found somebody that said, I can tell this is gluten-free or I, I can tell there's not a lot of sugar. Like I just made some breakfast bars yesterday. I, I won't say from who, but um, they taste like they don't have sugar in them. Do you know what I mean? Like there's mm. just I'm like, meh, great. Now I have these and they don't taste like anything, you know? Yes. Uh, just because recipes are out there, folks. And d- first of all, does not mean they're well-written. Um, I spend a lot of my time over the last few years writing, just actually writing and formatting recipes. And there's a bad way to do it. And and it's out there. And also a lot of people don't test their stuff, you know? Yeah, I was. that's what I was just about to say. I actually eat the food that I yeah. share with people. Like, yes. I am not going to put excited. a recipe out there. Yes. And it's like, oh, my God, these blueberry cardamom scones, they're freaking addictive. I love them. And like, I'm not just putting it out there to do what I have to do. And, you know, I'm eating what I'm sharing. You often (laughs) say that you're proud. You're always like, I'm so proud of this recipe. Mm -hmm. And I love that because that shows the amount of work and time and effort that you've put and love that you've put into it. You know, it's such an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. It's so much work to, um, yeah, create a really good delicious recipe sometimes it's easier than others but especially Mm. with the baking part when going gluten-free um and now dairy-free I mean I say dairy-free but I still use butter um I tend to use ghee on on most things but I'm fine with butter so you know a lot of my recipes still have butter but you know no sour cream and so I use coconut yogurt and no milk so I use coconut milk um but it is an accomplishment. I do feel proud when I'm like, oh my God, mm. this is delicious. And I'm so happy that I created it. It's like an artist, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's yeah. definitely you are an artist. It is the yeah. same. Yeah, you actually are an artist. This is what you create and it's wonderful. And we're all so glad that you share it with us. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Speaking of sharing, do you have anything that you'd like to share? We talked about the book and we'll link to that in the show notes. And in fact, before I uh, we go too far, we're going to do a giveaway as well of two of your books over the mm-hmm. next little while on social media. So stay tuned for the giveaway because uh, I think everybody should have your book. It is my most dog-eared cookbook in the kitchen. It's sticky. I'm going to need another one pretty soon. I'm like, <laughs> That's so awesome. I love it's that. It's very sticky. I absolutely Here it love is it. The better. Yeah. 
but is there anything else um, that, that you would like to tell everybody about before we go? No, I mean, if, if anyone wants to, you know, continue being part of my community or become mm. a part of my community and, and, you know, um, appreciate what I have to offer. I'm all about prevention. I'm all about community. I'm all about empowering people to take care of their own life, their own health. And um, following me on Instagram is probably the best place. I at, get at into honeyandvanilla.com. Or, yeah, sorry, just honey, at and honey and vanilla. vanilla. I think it's honey and vanilla. Um, it could be under my name too, Christina or Christina Acevedo, but it's honey and vanilla. And so, yeah, I just put reels up there. I put information about what I'm feeling, what I want to share. Sometimes I go off for a couple of weeks because I'm just, I cannot share if I'm not feeling it. So mm -hmm. I'm not that person that's going to be, you know, putting out a reel every day. If I don't feel it, no, I can go, it's not going to happen. You're, it's not going to happen. If you're anything, if somebody said, what is Christina? I would say authentic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's thank your you. One, I think best value and trait personally. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. It, it is important to me. And, and then the other place that they can, they can sign up for my newsletter on my website, honeyandvanilla.com. And again, that <laughs> sometimes I send out newsletters, sometimes yeah. I don't. It's, yeah. it's, yes, if you appreciate authenticity, then follow me because, yes. you know, it's, <laughs> it's not going to happen if I'm not feeling it. <laughs> well, and then your website has so many amazing free recipes. Like there's so, so much on there. It's, uh, it's the number one place that I direct my clients to for sure. For, for Thank you. And articles, like just and a articles, lot about yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots of great everything. Stuff. Oh, my sister, thank you so much for all. Yay! Of this. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm so pleased to share you with everyone else. And yeah, everything will be in our show notes, folks. And watch for that giveaway on social media. I love you very much. I love you too. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, you know, share my voice. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure.